0: Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Madness Sweeps the Land. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher. Soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Monday, December 19th, and we're in the week of Christmas, which is a great week. And so we're going to enjoy this week with a mix of eggnog and insanity because that's what our world is so pour yourself a cup and get ready in the meantime also make sure that your preps are up because the world isn't getting any saner patriots if you haven't heard we're heading into the worst diesel fuel shortage in 70 years and that's a big problem because if truckers can't get enough fuel grocery stores could go empty you need to stock up now on emergency food. Visit mypatriotsupply.com and grab a special offer from My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest preparedness company. You'll save 25% on their four-week emergency food kit with a wide variety of breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks that provide over 2,000 calories a day for strength and energy. My Patriot Supply wants to help American families more by charging less. So go to MyPatriotSupply.com and you'll save 25% on their four-week emergency food kit. Order enough to get your family through the difficult times ahead. At least one kit per person in your home. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and grab all the four-week kits you need. MyPatriotSupply.com Patriots, food is security, both mentally and spiritually. And the time to prepare is now. Oh yeah, MyPatriotSupply.com. It is the best place to get food that will last and endure the insanity that is coming. Patriots, we got a lot of stuff that hit the news today. Probably the top on the news is the fact that the January 6th sham committee, made up of a bunch of clowns and pedophiles, decided that they would indict or send the criminal charges over to the DOJ so that they can charge President Trump for something or other. Something they'll make up, most definitely. But what's interesting is really beyond that are the responses of President Trump. And I think that that's the thing that's caught my attention, because if you haven't been paying attention, one, he has come back literally punching really hard. What he came back with was a comment that said, referring to the radical left, scoundrels like Adam Shifty Schiff who are purposely destroying our country. Soon we won't have a USA anymore. And with that, he retweeted, or retruthed, I guess, John Rich, who had played a segment called Hold Them Accountable, which was all about the Nuremberg trials. That was then echoed out by Entheos, which is typically a pretty good account, over on Telegram with a comment of Nuremberg 2.0. What I'm going to tell you is there's things are heating up no matter how you put it together. And this war that we're seeing, if you just look at this from a system analysis point of view, put all the theories of who's going to do what and what's going to be the big moment and all this. Fact of the matter is that the system that we're currently in is being agitated to such a level that something eventually will snap. There's no way to avoid that. Consider our world like a crystal glass and a singer at the right frequency. There's a point where the vibration gets to be so acute that the glass literally explodes. That's where we're at right now, and we're heading into, I should say. The, The glass is vibrating, all sorts of agitation in the nation, and we're definitely seeing this happen, not just here, but around the world. And I think that's the one important thing to realize is that we literally have hit a global level of madness. Something really to keep focused on. I want to start tonight with where this title of the show came from, which was an article that was published by Tyler Durden in Zero Hedge. It actually was originally authored by Charles Hugh Smith via Of Two Minds blog. And I'm actually going to read this short piece that he wrote, really good, really well stated. And it was called, it is published and called as A Great Madness Sweeps the Land. It reads, those who see the madness for what it, ha- what it is have only one escape, go to ground, fade from public view, become self-reliant, and weather the coming storm in nooks and crannies. A great madness sweeps the land. There are no limits on extremes in greed, credulity, convictions, inequality, bombast, recklessness, fraud, corruption, arrogance, hubris, pride, overreach, self-righteousness, and confidence, confidence in the rightness of one's opinions. Extremes only become more extreme even as the folly of previous extremes wearies rationality. Imaginary sins are conjured out in thin air to convict the innocent while those guilty of most egregious fraud and corruption are lauded as saviors. The national mood is aggra- agri- aggrieved and bitter. The luxuries of self-righteousness, indignation, entitlement, and resentment have impoverished the national spirit. Bankrupted by these excesses, what little treasure remains in squandered on, is squandered on plots of petty revenge. Blindness to the late hour is cheered as optimism. Confidence in the false goods of technologies is sanctioned, while doubters of the technocratic theocracy are crucified as irredeemable infidels. Witch hunts and show trials are the order of the day as those who cannot stomach the party line are obviously purged as healthy skepticism is condemned as a mortal sin by brittle, true believers who secretly fear the failure of their cult. Mirrored in in a putrid sewer of suspected subversion and disloyalty to the one true cause Heretics are everywhere to those caught up in the mass hysteria. In this choking atmosphere of toxic hubris, self-righteousness, indignation, entitlement, and resentment, humility is for losers, prudence is for losers, caution is for losers, skeptical inquiry is for losers. Completely untethered from cause and effect, those confident in the inevitable, Inevitability of a glorious future of unlimited expansion cling to past glory as proof of future glory, even as their hubris leads only to a treacherous path of decay and decline. As they they stumble into the abyss, their final cries are a surprise that confidence alone is not enough. Those who see the madness for what it is have only one escape. Go to ground. Fade from public view, become self-reliant, and weather the coming storm in the nooks and crannies where cause and effect, skeptical inquiry, humility, prudence, and thrift can still be nurtured. Really awesome piece by uh, Charles Hugh Smith, and I think it sets really a very good framing for where the world currently is. I don't totally agree with the retracting back, but I do agree with putting in proper action It isn't out here to gain ego or attention. And we've talked a great deal about this. This world right now, as we know it, is literally unraveling. And we can see it just in headlines alone. Of course, if you've been paying attention today, the Twitter Files Part 7 was released, which now points the finger at the FBI and the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. And as we are learning, the FBI set that conditions for that laptop well before it was ever released. They started talking to the social media giant, Twitter, convincing them that they needed to be aware of Russian propaganda and Russia collusion. This was an easy sell towards the brain dead liberals that were running Twitter and their truth commission, banning people and restricting people. And an even easier sell, considering that so many FBI agents had taken root in Twitter and former intelligence agencies had sent their people over to take root in Twitter to now control the narrative. We are literally looking at the outcome of a coup that was waged on the United States people, a coup that was intended to do a number of things. Fast track in the communist tyranny that we're currently seeing the beginnings of, make sure that the people were deluded by the, by the vax or the COVID scare, completely paralyzed in fear, ruining them for many years, if not for life, and then rolling out the most deadly vax ever developed because it wasn't a vax at all. It was a bioweapon, something to kill off the elderly and something to mar and destroy the ability for the youth to reproduce. Question that. Listen to these data. Listen to this data. In the VARS data, remember, VARES is a voluntary reporting we are looking at a 4,070% increase in miscarriages and stillbirths since the MRNA rollout. 4,070%. This is sickening. And by design, they're rushing in illegals from the southern border because the entire intent was always to wipe out white Christian culture. The war has been waged because what they know, sadly, is is that those coming from the Southern border area who have been living under the tyranny and hand of the cartels and threat of other mafia type organizations and black culture which is still mired in its quagmire of belief of slave and justified recompense that they need, they are all easy to rule. Black culture after all these years of being freed from slavery still votes for the slave masters, the Democrat party, and they do so in free will. And they're so blinded by the free shit society that we have developed that they can't get their head out of their butt. This is the problem that we're currently in. And sadly, this is only going to continue until we put our foot down and stop it. We have a major problem in this nation of people wanting stuff for free. And they are wanting, and it's a culture that has been raised, especially in this Gen Z Z culture and the millennial culture where they believe that the rightful way of things is that society owes them something. And it's a society where they literally think that they must do something. They must get whatever they want for free. That is also a reflection of horrible parenting. But at the end of the day, this is escalating. And it's not going away anytime soon. It's going to take a significant shock. To bring this country back to normal and it's it's continuing as we go forward here in the economic collapse of the united states unfortunately that shock is probably coming in yet another indication that they are trying to manufacture us a, a food crisis a fire broke out today in saginaw county where the grain elevators lit on fire that fire is now said to be burning will burn for possibly weeks It is a major hit again towards the supplies of food and the the development to try to break the infrastructure of the traditional food network, forcing people again to seek shelter into the cities that are unprepared and to then become reliant on uh, lab-grown meat and lab-grown vegetables. All of this is by design. This is how you herd the masses into the abyss. And they're going there willfully, surprisingly, maybe, but sadly, definitely as we watch this entire society being unraveled. All I can say is, make sure you're prepared and take good caution, especially with the wealth that you have. Patriots, will the lack of red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden? More wasteful government spending? Higher taxes? A deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer? by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text BARDS to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Text BARDS to 989898 and claim your free, no obligation info kit now. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text BARDS to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Text 989898 BARDS to 989898. It's a great way to ensure protection of your savings. Patriots, I'm going to play for you kind of a a framing of what we're really dealing with on a much bigger picture, and this piece is uh, titled, Why Were Birth Certificates Really Created? This is about a three- or four-minute piece. Take a listen.
1: Right now, I'm going to just read a quote from Edward Mendel House and what he had to say in a private meeting with Woodrow uh, Wilson, president between 1913 and 1921, from the private papers of Woodrow Wilson, quote, Very soon, every American will be required to register their biological property in a national system designed to keep track of the people and that will operate under the ancient system of pledging. By such methodology, we can compel people to submit to our agenda, which will affect our security as chargeback back for our fiat paper currency every American will be forced to register or suffer not being able to work and earn a living they will be our chattel and we will hold the security interest over them forever by operation of law merchant under the scheme of secured transactions Americans by unknowingly or unwittingly delivered the bills of laden to us, will be rendered bankrupt and insolvent forever to remain economic slaves through taxation secured by their pledges. They will be stripped of their rights and given commercial value designated to keep us a profit that will be none the wiser. For not one man in a million could ever figure out our plans And if by accident one or two would figure it out, we have in our arsenal plausible deniability. After all, this is the only logical way to fund government, by floating liens and debt to the registrants in the form of benefits and pledges. This will inevitably reap us huge profits beyond our wildest of expectations and leave every American a contributor to this fraud, which we will call social insurance. Without realizing it, every American will insure us for any loss we may incur, and in this manner, every American will unknowingly be our servant, however begrudgingly. The people will become helpless without any hope for their redemption and we will employ the high office of the president as our dummy corporation to foment this plot against America. Having established plausible deniability, even if people become enlightened that they had a remedy and pursued it, the attorneys, judges, and legislators could claim that they did not understand the people's claims, especially if the technical requirements for achieving it were not followed pursuant to statutory requirements requiring the public schools to teach civics government and history classes out of federally approved politically correct textbooks written by the publishing houses owned by the owners of the Federal Reserve would assure that the people would not discover the remedy for a long time if ever. I would recommend that everyone read Fruit from a Poisonous Tree by Melvin Stamper, M-E-L-V-I-N Stamper, S-T-A-M-P-E-R. That is Fruit from a Poisonous Tree. This is out of Chapter 2 of Fruit from a Poisonous Tree.
0: That was Deborah Tavares. And it's a really insightful piece to kind of realize the complexities and depth in which we're living in. Take a listen to this piece on the perspective of education. Masters never teach their slaves how to read. And when we went to the government schools, they taught us that the English language is defined with the Merriam-Webster or the Oxford English Dictionary. But when you go to court or any other time that the government writes something down, they define all their words with the legal dictionaries, Black's Law or Bouvier's. Learn to read their language and make them afraid of you. Education is the key to all of this. And it's the central piece to the awakening. And it's not just, it's not just for good measure to wake people up. It's to understand the magnitude in which they have engineered this society in which we currently live. These people are trying to engineer a crisis. And currently, there is a great deal of unsettling within their own control matrix. The maneuver by Elon Musk, which whatever side he plays, I don't know. But what I do know is that the truths that are coming out of Twitter right now are having a measure of impact. But don't get your hopes up too high. The problem we have with Twitter release is that it's hitting those that are already red-pilled very heavily It's hitting a limited band of those more independent types that have been looking for, been open to receiving it. But there's a large chunk of our society that's still locked within the control matrix of the mainstream media. Until the mainstream media is fully collapsed and removed, we're not going to hit critical mass on the awakening. So, like I say, Twitter's interesting. I've said that all along, but it's not the be-all end-all. It's just more of a benchmark of moving a few more people to the point of making critical mass and forcing the system to begin to implode. That's really the ultimate issue here. And I think what we have to come to grips with the fact is that this system is not fixable. It's built, and I've said this so many times, and I will continue to hold on this, it's a system that is built on the blood of children. And when you have something that's that rancid and that rotten to its very core and its foundation, it has to be brought down. So the idea in working through politics... And so many of these people that are working hard towards trying to achieve a reform through politics and making so many co- compromises, it's, getting, it's, it's not going to end well. You're seeing the Republican Party fully embrace transgenders, LGBTQ, log cabin Republicans, even celebrating the Marriage Act. All of this is happening now in the Republican Party because you're just seeing a replication of the old in what is supposed to be a new direction of make America great again. That has nothing to do with liberty. It has nothing to do with sovereignty and has nothing to do with the original Constitution. When you take a look at what just was announced by President Trump in the Internet Bill of Rights, there's all this clamor in the Patriot movement about how great this is. It's ridiculous is what it is. And it's, an, it's a deception that, once again, it is only indicates a few very critical things. Number one, if you are going to have to instate an Internet Bill of Rights, that means that you are distinguishing between a living person and the, and, and the world in which you operate in in a digital sphere. The reason that that would have to be made is that the digital sphere is owned and controlled by corporations, and corporations are not subject to the Constitution. And by introducing an Internet Bill of Rights, it means that they are unwilling to confront corporations and un- unwilling to break the bound- the binds and shackles of corporate law that has made a separate living entity that will live indefinitely. The Internet Bill of Rights is equally an indicator that there is no intent, at least by President Trump and his team in that direction of the Republican Party to ever go back to the Constitution pre-1871. And in fact, we're supposed to be moving forward now and starting to add layers on of bureaucracy and rules and regulations to sort somehow ensure people's civil rights. This isn't going to work. And in fact, if you read through the, the declaration or the the internet bill of rights, what you're going to see is so many refined details. It shouldn't even have to be there. And what you discover is that what they're trying to replace in the internet bill of rights is what is fundamentally missing in our nation. It's our moral compass. And why is that? Because as a nation, we have kicked out God. There is no attempt here by any politician to reinstitute God. Keep in mind that the first Bible was published by Congress and it was mandated to all of the public schools. And so we are here at this point in time where they do not want to go back to that place. They have no intent for it because nobody in this public sphere has the backbone, the stones, the worship, the belief or the strength and character to say that we must return to one nation literally under God. This is the problem that we have in in, in all of this moving forward. So when we go back to the event last week on the 15th of December with President Trump releasing his NFTs, and there was all of this codification going on and the suggestions of what it was about. And then the people suddenly saying, well, that was a, it was a deception. He just was getting his word name out there again. So he would create a lot of internet buzz so he could talk about what he discussed two hours later in his release of the internet bill of rights. It's all a big game and it's a scam until we get back to the original constitution. And we put God on the throne above this nation. We are never going to steer this nation back to where it needs to be. And we can see this. The, the fear right now is information. These people are deathly afraid that the American public will wake up to what's actually going on. We've had suggested promises on Twitter that there was going to be a release of the issues around child sex trafficking. We've equally had all these tease-ups. There's supposed to be these big releases and, and open things about fochi and the COVID scam. We have yet to see that delivered. We're still on the politics, and we're still on the Hunter Biden laptop. I don't know where that's going to arrive, but we do know that Elon Musk ran a a poll that asked if he should be stepped down as CEO that looks probable like it was a bot trap to try to find all the bots at once, and that's supported by a tweet today by Kim.com. So the whole concept here that we're looking at is a constant war and, and ongoing of filtering out what this one group of people run out of the intelligence agencies and the FBI, deep staters that are longtime people within government and most particularly a group called SCS, which is a senior executive service. Those people which are voted in to ensure continuity of government, which translates, quite frankly, not just a continuity of government, it's the continuity of the deep state government, and to ensure that the will of the people is never executed that would threaten their power. Those people have colluded brilliantly with, and I do mean this brilliantly with corporate heads, with legal elements, with the medical establishment, with Wall Street, with bankers, to create in a coup against the people of the United States. They would single-handedly delve such a blow that we would never be able to recover. That's the idea, and they they nearly succeeded, especially when you look at birth rates and you look at immigration, big issues coming in. The one thing that they can't control right now, at least it appears they can't, is this disintegration of the of the economic system. They can control and are making a food shortage. They can control and are making a fuel shortage. But what they can't control is the innovation and and adaptability of the people. And this is the ace in the hole for everybody that didn't take the vax, for everybody that stands with God and everybody that's walking towards that pursuit of liberty and sovereignty. But you have to step away from the parties. I know that even in Barr's nation, there's so many people that wanna worship Trump and talk about he's gonna make the big play. I have no doubt he's not done yet, but it isn't going to be the thing that fixes this nation. It might undo some of the disaster in D.C. It might reveal a lot of things for us to see, but the fixing of this nation will come down to us in local action. That's a bottom line truth, and that bottom line truth requires that we are adaptive and prepared for what's coming. Here's an article in Zero Hedge again uh, It was published in Zero Hedge, but it came from amgreatness.com by Victor Davis Hanson, and he lists 10 steps that will help restore the nation, save America. The question is, and he asked, and very poignantly, does anybody have the will to do it? But he left out one step, which I'll add at the end, and it's the most critical of them, even though we'll put it at the end. His first point is to cut the debt. That Americans have a national debt right now of $31 trillion, the liabilities are unsustainable. We run an annual deficits of 1600000000000 trillion. We're going to cut the debt by bringing manufacturing back, but more importantly, we're going to cut the debt by quit buying junk and starting to buy local and, and inspire local small businesses. We have to decentralize. This is my narrative, not his. We have to decentralize, and we have to quit relying on the centralized control of corporations that are literally holding us here. We are living in a country of madness right now. People have just literally lost their minds. And so much of that is a place that the churches have failed us miserably in this nation. The pulpits are weak, and the voices out there that are strong, that are trying to fight, they're there, but there's not enough of them. That means that each one of us essentially becomes the church. There's never been a more important time to build Bible studies or home church studies right now. And at the same time, linking with the churches that are reliable and are strong. But we are needing to rebuild that fabric. So the first point of of this article, cut the debt. The second point of this article, secure the border. That's a no-brainer. But the reason that we're not wanting, they don't want to secure the border is they're trying to flood in with people that are non-white and non-white Christian. They want to destroy the United States as its core, and they want to get rid of that threatening group which believes in God, puts Jesus first, and is independent and defiant this is a big push and so as you flood the border in there's also other aspects to this which are pretty devious i had a long talk over the weekend with dr frank and there's there's a likelihood i can't prove it yet but there's a likelihood that are in our entire census is overrated by 20% 20% of the population that doesn't even exist but exists on paper that's part of their grift of how they get social security money run back into their pockets how they channel out money out of through all their social service programs with people that literally don't exist. And that's also how they control the vote. So they're, they are, as some of this is being discovered, voter rolls are being cleaned up and it's all happening at a county level. Then you're also seeing an increase in immigration, which is no surprise because they're backfilling with real bodies, real people. And they're also noticed that they're bringing in people that are unvaxxed. It's very critical. Now, the one thing to keep in mind is Sadly, and I don't wish this on anybody, but the simple fact is that 95 percent of the liberal class took the vax. What that means for a future, we don't know, because we still don't know what what was in every vax. But we do know that the majority of people that took it end up with health consequences that are severe, whether it's the whether it's an inability to reproduce or whether it's blood clots or whether it's heart disease. Those are some of the predominant leading issues that are happening right now with anybody that took the vax. So the border issue is big for them to transform the nation. That's why the borders are open. We have to be, get back to tapping our natural resources. Ohio just passed an interesting measure where they've now reinstituted fracking, smart maneuver, because what they did is they recategorized fracking, which is the extraction of natural gas, as a green, as a green energy. We have to adapt to their new rules. And that means at a county level and as a state level, we have to start taking back autonomy and start taking back the independence and the innovation at a local level. You can you can run vehicles on hemp oil. You can run vehicles on biodiesel. We have to start looking at the innovations that we can do in a local market and start solving some of these bigger problems to create a decentralized existence that in the short term we may not travel as much, but in the long term we will create an impossibility that these people, these lizard heads will ever take over this world again. We have to oppose, as he says, we have to oppose discrimination, but that's a deceiving title that he put here. What he gets at, which I agree with, is we have to get rid of affirmative action, we have to start looking at everybody equally, and start looking at supporting all of all classes of people equally to help them raise up and not stay in poverty. We, they have used the tools of discrimination to keep certain classes down and to create a welfare state to ensure that these people never leave that cycle. We have to destroy welfare. We have to get rid of a welfare mentality and that's going to be very difficult because so much of this generation we're dealing with has been grown and raised on a principle of socialism. That gets to parenting. We have to absolutely disrupt and reform higher education. Higher education and for that matter the entire education system. Public education at this point in time is nothing more than a cesspool of brainwashing for children. If you have your children in public schools, their children are going to be screwed up. And I'm, I hate to say it that way, but it's not enough just to say you're going to reform a school board. Our children are being indoctrinated into these hell camps of communism, and they're being groomed to be future pedophiles and future victims of pedophiles, and also part of this transgender, LGBTQ, gender-confused world. That is by design. They are doing this to neuter the ability for anybody to ever fight back and to be so confused by the time that they establish their total totalitarian grid, there will be nothing left. Their idea is Gen X, which is me, and those forward, eventually we die off and the upcoming generation has no spark or spirit ever to do anything other than a slave class. That rests on us to wake up those youth and fight for them to get them out of that, that mindset and start getting them empowered to be the future leadership that we need of this nation. He goes on to talk about the armed forces, which is a complete train wreck at this point in time. The majority of people in this nation are not even fit. 80% of the Gen Z class is not even fit to be in the military because they're fat, they're overweight, they have drug problems, they have criminal backgrounds, etc. In fact, the majority of the military that they are currently recruiting in will die on the battlefield in a matter of seconds. They're not equipped with the mentality of endurance. We have to start looking at our local communities again, to start building up strong militias. So we have to start getting into working with the sheriff to build posses and do deputize more and more people so that our counties become strongholds. So again, it's a layering issue. We get back to the colonial mentality. The more that you create layers and layers of defense and sovereignty and independence, the more difficult it is for anybody to take us over. That's the independent mindset we have to refuel. A no-brainer in this is fixed voting. Voting is an abomination. And that's going to, again, take county action. And it's going to be a hard fight against the state because most states control voting really strictly, and they all want these machines. But the reason that what's at the core of voting, and this is again was part of the discussion I had with Dr. Frank, is the one dark issue they don't want anybody looking at, and that's child sex trafficking. Voting ensures that they keep the public blind. By the way, for those that often say that Oregon is a liberal state, that it's, that's part of its problem, you are so misunderstanding what Oregon is. One of the biggest commodities in Oregon is children. In the I-5 corridor, right along through that goes right through my county, it is one of the most child sex traffic corridors in the entire nation. Why do you think they have motor voter voting here? They have 104 percent of our voter rolls have been activated. Let me say that again: 104 percent of our voter rolls are active, which means there's four percent fraud right off the top, and they do a motor voter with a with a ballot counting that uses algorithms to do a weighted voting to ensure that whatever measures they need will continue to win and that they will continue to ensure the the commodity of children to whoever and whatever needs it. That's a central piece to Oregon, along with so many other levels. That model is what they will eventually, if they get their way, roll out in every single state. The fight is local always. That is where we have to put our foot down, and we have to stop allowing these tyrants to move in. The federal government is not going to save us. Nobody in the federal system will save us. The military is broken. Do not count on it to save us. The only place this is going to come down to is counties working together locally and people taking action locally and waking up. That begins in our house. It goes to our neighborhoods. It goes to our communities. It goes to our counties. That's a constant effort and a vigilance that we have to take. And that vigilance will never go away. Drain the swamp is his point number eight. It's a very broad broad statement. And the concept of a swamp is really an administrated or a deep state, but it's much deeper than that because the swamp at its back end is always tied to one centralized theme, child sex trafficking. That is the one one piece of this whole puzzle that when it comes together and enough people wake up, you create a cohesion of action that will be natural in people even if they're a transgender. So the point is that we have to work very deeply Diligently and vigilantly in building the data, so that we can establish the case to prove to people that child sex trafficking is real. That is the one piece that brings this all together. Number nine, which I've already mentioned, is upend the welfare state. We have to get rid of this whole concept of a free something society. Everybody wants stuff for free. Everybody wants this for the government to provide. We have to get back to being independent and and solid on our own. And the bottom the. Last point is is what he calls restore norms, and I'll just read what he has. Fact is, few public norms are left. Rather than the current uh, therapeutic obs- obsessions that seek to divide Americans into binaries of oppressors and the oppressed, we are in a desperate need of civic education in K-12 through that acquaints all children and teens with American institutions, key events like Gettysburg and D-Day, and familiarity with the Constitution and the duties of the citizen. So I'm going to rewrite that basically as we lead into point 11, which is my addition. We have to restore God as the foundation and the throne on this nation. We don't have that anymore. And that's where you get back to restoring norms because norms are tied to morality. We are a bankrupt society right now that's running amok and running literally off the cliff. Now, all of this is pretty heavy until you look at something very real. And this is something that's in very important to watch. We are heading into a crisis and no matter how you cut this, the crisis is already upon us between the vax, the economics of the situation, economics are sliding, the vax deaths are increasing and the government itself is failing. That actually works to the advantage of every single person out here that is walking first and foremost in that path with God and the seeking of sovereignty. I'm going to read part of an article here from Brandon Smith, and this is on altmarket.us, and it's titled Leftists Aren't Capable of Surviving Economic Collapse. Here's why. And he writes, there is one factor that constantly stands out as absolutely essential to a person's chances at surviving a crisis event, and that factor is mindset. Experience and training are highly valuable. Having proper tools and preps on hand is a huge advantage. But in the end, without mental toughness and the ability to adapt, the most prepared person in the world will still likely bite the dust. Mental toughness is something that can be taught to a point. This is the entire purpose of basic training methods used in the military. To take mundane details and elevate them in the minds of trainees while wearing them down with physical punishment. The goal is to condition the mind to ignore distraction, to ignore fear and pain while focusing on the task at hand. Failure at, is not an option in war, just as it is not an option in survival. Those who embrace distraction and embrace failure because they think it will make things easier for them are filtered out of the recruitment pool or the gene pool. It is no coincidence that the U.S. military today is dealing with some of the worst recruitment conditions they have ever seen in terms of people being physically and mentally incapable of finishing basic training. The Pentagon currently estimates that 77% of the Americans are unfit for recruitment without ever without a waiver for obesity drug use or mental health problems meaning gen z is so unfit physically and mentally that there was a major that if there was a major war almost 80% of them would be erased from existence the problem has become so bad that the militaries of the us and throughout the west are being forced to lower standards just to meet minimum personal goals one can argue that many young people don't want to join the military anyway but this is besides the point even if they wanted to they would not be able to do the task these are there are a number of reasons for this development but i would suggest that the spread of the leftist ideology among 63 percent of americans age 18 to 29 according to the polls has created a survival vacuum a generation of mental weaklings it is important to remember that the younger people have adopted more liberal views for decades but the political left is not liberal today the leftists of today are full bore Marxist, both economically and co- culturally. They support establishment centralization. They support economic centralization. They support corporate centralization. They support authoritarianism and censorship. They support moral relativism, and they applaud the concept of all pervasive, of an all pervasive welfare state. That is the current reality we face, and unless we are engaging with the youth, and that in part means getting them out of the these public school indoctrination camps, the future is already written. That's a hard pill to take, but it's a reality we have to face. Here's the deal. the in, This it, time we're heading into is bringing a m- unbelievable level of pressure and meltdown. We talk offhandedly here, and in many different forms, about the importance of prepping, the importance of gaining skills, the importance of a home defense plan, the importance of building neighborhoods, community neighborhood watch groups, relationships with your neighbors, getting a home church in, food survival, all of these things. It's not just talk. As the system begins to slide and it begins to find itself in a place where it cannot bear the stresses and burdens of truth and the awakening of people, those that have made the greatest promise, too, will become the greatest danger to the society as a whole. Those are the leftists. If you have any question about that, check out what's going on in Peru. Peru had a coup. The the president was elected. He was a communist president that just basically absolved the Congress. The military reacted, arrested him, and now the radical left is fighting. All of those are rooted into Shining Path. Shining Path is a communist Maoist group that's been established there for years that are now in the streets violently fighting the military. This is what you can likely expect as a possible outcome if things start to, if they continue to descend in the United States. And my personal opinion is that is not even a question of if it's a matter of how long it will take. Everything is on the table right now to cause major crises. One of the biggest ones there that doesn't even require the collapse of the dollar is inflation with household inflation up to the highest level we've ever seen. The CPI is currently at about 8.3%. But the real issue is not the CPI, which is consumer price index. The real issue is that hard items, basic items cost in a home. The cost of a tank of gas, the cost of electrical or heating costs, the cost of of meat, the cost of eggs, the cost of cheese, the cost of milk, the cost of cereals. Those are basics people rely on. Those costs on the average are up 35, as high as 55% in some markets. People's incomes aren't matching and they're not getting any worse. American debt ratio is as high as it's ever been. People have maxed out credit cards. People are relying on government handouts, unemployment checks. All of this is dwindling down. And we're seeing how far it's going down because there's things that are not being renewed because the government literally doesn't have money. It's just printing paper. There's nothing backing the paper dollar. So as we enter into this period, which is unbelievably difficult and will increasingly get difficult, you're going to see a substantial shakeup in the way things work in this society. Cities are the worst possible place to be. Self-reliance is the greatest thing you can do, and everything you can do to move that direction teaches you skills. The great through this is the one fundamental thing that armies aren't good at and social movements, ideological movements suck at, and that's called adaptability. When I was working at... Uh, asymmetric warfare group at Fort Meade, there was a unit that I was, it was in the group that I worked in. I wasn't directly part of it, but it was called adaptability. We had identified in a group that one of the greatest risks to any military is its inability to adapt. And it happens with any fighting force. You can see that most most prominently in World War I, where armies began to fight each other in these long and enduring loss of life trench battles, and nobody could overcome the other. It was one fight, and then they would, they would fight back, and they would just slaughter bodies. Adaptability is our ability to face a crisis, to have enough tools and skills underneath us to overcome whatever challenge is there. This right now, we are in a very critical window of people being, having this resources, making sure you have the resources around you just to adapt. And it's not something to get overworked up about if you don't have everything, it's a mindset is the biggest thing. The mindset works like this in simple terms. Well, now, no matter what challenge you face, you can't face it as a panic, you can't face it with anxiety, you have to face it with a calm and an intellect to say, how can I navigate through this? And that is the principle that's gonna get this country through. We are likely going to see a pretty heavy loss in many levels of what we know as the, as the normal way of American life. And how we come out of this will depend a great deal on a central core of people. Those people have to be adaptable, and they have to be able to endure hardship. And those people, interestingly, all of them, almost to the one, will end up being, if they are not already, putting their faith in Christ and in God Almighty to get through this. That's the way through. But this is part of our own preparedness. As you have heard me talk many times in your preps, if the Bible is not on the top of your list, you've missed the point. We are in a challenging moment where there's a lot of pressure on the institutions and the institutions themselves are beginning to slide and slip, especially as truths come out. And as more and more people get a solid understanding to how deeply corrupt this is, and we start to see the slow death and hemorrhaging of people watching mainstream media. We're seeing the release of the loss of jobs in mainstream media. That just happened last week with Washington Post. Who has lost 500,000 subscribers? The economics of many of these things will start to pull them back to where they will not participate in some of these pay-for-play pay, pay for play type arrangements with the mainstream media, and they'll go back to wanting to seek free and open news. The more that we can create an awareness and help people, guide people to where to find the truth is going to be extremely important. We have to build our tribes. We have to build our local tribes. And those tribes have to be linked in as many ways as we can because this system right now is being shaken. And my, from my opinion, that's God doing the shaking. It's all part of the great reset of this nation in God's way, not not Klaus Schwab's way or Harari's way. But at the end of this, what's going to make a difference is how we have an ability to deal with aversion, deal with hardship, how we have an ability to deal with crisis and collapse, how we get past any sort of the mentalities of anti-preparedness and start digging in harder to preparedness, what type of skill sets we have and how those can be used for a greater adaptability, how we can stop looking at the government as a problem fixer and start looking at them as the problem creator and start relying on ourselves locally within our own communities to fix things and overcome. And the biggest thing is to reset the principal value on everything we do in a relationship with God. The bottom line is the groupthink of the left is its own destruction. It prospers in times of prosperity. It fails in times of scarcity. All of that should be empowering to everybody that's looking at this nation, loves this country, loves God, and is trying to figure out our way through. Our way through is to stay steady on course to step out of the main line, line light to stay true to what you're doing. Continue to work within the communities quietly. Let the left make its noise and have its pissy fits because it's going to have a lot of them. And continue to walk that true path and stay steady on the understanding that every day, every moment right now counts. We don't have a clock. We don't know when this thing is going to tip. And we don't know how. This thing could happen suddenly or it could be a slow, steady death over 10 years. But whatever it is, it's not gonna get easier until we start to reclaim control of our counties and start to re-energize that spirit of innovation and defiance that's at the core of the American dream. That also means that we have to re-spark that in our youth. And that's gonna be the biggest challenge because we have parents that are literally lost, we have parents that frankly are doing a horrible job, and we have this mentality of everything being inclusive. We have to learn to to draw hard lines understand that there is a right and a wrong and reset the moral foundations through God and our faith to reset our communities. Let's pray. Father, we're humble tonight as we come before you to reflecting very deeply on the state of our nation and the state of the world in this time of radical change and in equally in this period of celebration and holiday where we're literally celebrating the glory of Jesus we just ask right now and pray for the wisdom that can settle in our, in our hearts and with wisdom, the calm and the understanding that as we walk with you and through you, there is no fear and there is nothing that can stand before us that will defeat us. The overwhelming nature of this change, Father, is huge. It's a time that we're looking at the structures of Babylon literally collapsing around us, a country and a world that we know that is built on the foundation of the blood of your children. For that, we, we sorrow with this. We humble ourselves before you, and we, we just pray for the mercy of this nation, for all that has been done in the most horrific ways. Equally, we want you to hear our heart. Our heart is a heart of those inspired, a heart of those that are truly seeking to be the new and great men and women of God, those that now are seeking to lead and step into the communities to be bold, to be the voice, to be the reason, to be the wisdom, to be the light of Jesus that others seek and follow. Just ask that you'll guide us, Father, with your wisdom. Pour down upon us your love and our understanding and our discernment as we walk forward and guide us to this victory that we see before us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name, amen. Patriots, the biggest thing in this week that I would say, and it's a big one, is do not let them steal joy. Our joy, our laughter, our humor is one of the most enduring and powerful tools we have to overcome their stupidity. And in that, we have a mighty, mighty weapon of war as they try to bury us, break us, which they will not. These people are predictable. Everything they do is predictable. Everything they do is about sucking the life out of everything. It's time we put life back into things, and we can do that through prayer in our love in God. And we can do that through direct actions that nurture the children, nurture our communities and re empower and reinvigorate the most powerful spirits we have in this, in this nation, the love in Jesus and the love of defiance. And when we get that back into our daily life as a regular thing, I think we're going to see a tectonic shift in the way things work. Our counties, whether or not your state government does something or not, our counties are the strongholds. And all we have to do is raise the fist and tell them, no, because at the end of the day, we have the power they don't. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Mission forward.